Hey, this is um, Chuck again, and welcome back to another episode of uh, What's in the Well Comes Up in the Bucket. As you know, that's an expression from my, um, from my childhood hometown, meaning that what's deep, deep, deep inside you always comes up in the way you act, feel, behave, in your attitudes, and your spirit. Um, we're going to break a little bit from our traditional format today, and I've got a, I'm going to interview somebody who also grew up in uh, North Kingsville, who also peed in the same well and drank the same well water as all of us, and has really transformed or transcended a lot of those issues that you might think people would have. And of course, it's my brother Dave. And one of the things that Dave is going to bring to the table today is something a little bit different. So he's going to talk, we're going to talk about things that were in his bucket things that he's been doing with his life since he transformed from, you know, growing up in North Kingsville, his life experience, the things he's done. Now, one of the things that makes Dave a little bit unique is that he does a lot of sailing, and not just, um, you know, small uh, lake sailing, but he sails uh, throughout the Caribbean, he's sailed on the, uh, the Pacific Coast, and he's sailed the, the Great Lakes Corridor. I mean, he's done quite a bit of this sort of thing, has a vast of experiences. And I asked Dave a question um, at dinner last night, um, and the question was, um, what's one of the most unique things about um, sailing that a lot of people don't know? And real quick, he said to me, it's how, to, how do you house train a pet when you're on a sailboat out at sea? Now, that's, that's something that's, that's kind of unique to his well. I'll have to say it never came up in my bucket. So, Dave... Um, um, just, just talk a little bit about this experience of this dog on the boat, and 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 um, how did you deal with that? Well, our puppy, Miss Sadie, two-year-old beagle, loves to be with the family. So when the family goes on the boat, Sadie goes along. We tried a variety of different ways to get her to go to the bathroom on the boat. We started off with a piece of green indoor-outdoor carpet that we tied up on the foredeck and we'd lead her up there and say that looks like grass go ahead and pee and poop right there. Had you ever thought like of a artificial mailman or something like that? Oh no wait that's not peeing that's biting. All right I'm sorry go ahead. So then we tried that and that didn't work and, and so I talked to some other yachties and they uh, the one guy said he had a big plastic container and he would bring in a piece of uh, real grass, like sod, and put it in there and, and then try to get the dog to go on there. And uh, so we gave that a try and we didn't have any success with that either. So then we, uh, we decided, well, we'd uh, try walking her around the, the deck with a leash. So we put a leash and we Wait a minute, just let me deck. interrupt it. Why don't, you, why don't you let us know how big is this boat we're dealing with? Is it a dinghy? Is it a yacht? I mean, what are we dealing with here? Or what are you dealing with here? Well, it's a 45-foot um, center cockpit Bristol sloop. It's a big ocean-going cruiser. Okay. Um, I mean, it can sail any ocean in the world. Okay. Powerful, strong okay. boat. Uh, and this dog in question here, it's a beagle, is it not? Beagle. Sadie the beagle. Okay. And so, now, I, I interrupted you, but uh, so the, the AstroTurf tried it. Didn't work. Yeah, astroturf didn't work. The, uh, the, the pallet of, or the uh, the square of, uh, of real grass, the sod, that didn't work. Uh, we tried walking around the deck, that didn't work. So, um, you know, basically, uh, 
she just had to find her own time and her own place. And she did. She finally found the little spot where she likes to go uh, poop behind the mast uh, up on the, the cabin top. And so she goes up there and, and uh, at her time and, and goes, she maybe only goes every other day. Uh, so if we're making a passage, we're at sea for several days, I'm sure she feels a little stressful. You know, she like, sometimes you see her sitting there with her legs crossed thinking, I'm just holding on to it. <laughs> um, the dog itself, now I've been on your boat, um, and I know there's these little, I'm not sure what they call them, but there's these little walkways that go up the side of the boat, and you've got these lines, these, I guess, these halyards or bow lines, whatever they are, that go up there to sort of keep adults. Lifelines. Lifelines. Life keep adults from going overboard. Now this dog doesn't have, there's no net or anything. This dog seems to me could go right through those lines into the water. Well yeah, she could, you know, and, and she doesn't like to get out there if the boat's heeled over, you know, if it's uh, under sail and um, maybe at uh, 10 or 15 degrees angle on that deck, she won't go out, she won't go on the deck. Yeah. You know, we don't want her out there. She'll go overboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any any thought of using like doggy diapers and stuff like that? No, um, we uh, we had the the piece scared out over here a few weeks back. We were crossing the Gulf of Mexico from Mobile to Clearwater. There's a, a a point there in the center where you're about 75 miles from the nearest piece of land. The Air Force lets their jet jockeys go blasting down through there. So um, all of a sudden in the afternoon one day. A couple of these sonic booms uh, let loose and just literally shook the boat. And uh, and Sadie was sitting on the settee and she just started peeing all over the place. You know, just scared the piss out of her. Well, um, that's that's more than a metaphor. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that's that's interesting. Um, what about like um, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of sailors. They'll take. Um, it seems like I've seen more sailors take cats with them. Now, cats have been traditionally trained to use a litter box, which which means it's got to be a lot easier to get those animals on a, on a boat and have them, you know, sort of, you know, use the litter box. I mean, have you ever thought about training Sadie to use like a litter box or a grit box or something like that? And then, uh, and then what do you do with the waste once, uh, once, once you do? I mean, uh, is your boat teak? I don't even know. Does she go on the teak or? Well, you know, the teak's all polyurethane, so that's not a problem. She can go anywhere she wants to. Okay. We'll just we'll just figure it out and clean it up. We don't we're not too picky about that, and uh, she's really pretty easy to deal with. And the number of uh, multiple day passages that that you make are really pretty limited. It's not very often that you go three or four days at one time without being on land. So, well, you know the the the, um, um, the story here is about um, you know what's in your well comes up in the bucket. Um, I mean, what's in your well that, that you decided at some point in your life. You know, this is what I want to do. This is the destiny that I see for myself. You know, tell, tell us a little bit about what uh, led to this point, to have this doggy do on your deck. Well, I crossed the Atlantic Ocean for the first time when I was 16 years old. And uh, spent some uh, summers as a teenager uh, working on uh, freighters. Uh, you know, having a dad who was in the Merchant Marines. And, uh, we were always around the water growing up on Lake Erie. And, and so I always just had a passion for for uh, learning how to sail, and, um, and so I've crewed around the world, and, and I just, you know, have always known that 
that was going to be part of my part of my life. I just always knew it. Did you see, like, um, when you were a young man or even a teenager, when you looked at pictures in your mind of yourself, did you see yourself at the helm? Did you see yourself pulling in the bowlines? Did you see yourself casting off? Did you see yourself doing all these things that, that sailors do? You know, I knew I knew from a very early age that that I would be an ocean-going sailor. You know, I, I was just a young teenager, 13, 14 years old, you know, when I started realizing that that was part of my, going to be part of my life. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a thing that, um, it's called uh, time balancing, where people, when they're doing something they really love with a, with a deep, deep passion, they, they, they lose track of time. You know, like one hour could be, could be three hours, okay, or three hours could seem like ten minutes. And I'm sure we've all experienced something like that. When you're out cruising or sailing, I mean, do you have a lot of moments like that? Well, you know, sailing is, uh, I always love sailing with my family because I mean, we could take the kids away from from everybody, phones, neighbors, friends, and just be together as a, as a family. I always thought that was, that was special. I always liked, liked being that way. And um, some of my fondest memories of my life, you know, are being with my kids on the boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of people do that because it is a it is pure escapism at at its best. And escapism isn't the, really the right term. It's it's quality time, I guess, would be a better uh, a better way to phrase that. Because escapism means that you're you're trying to avoid responsibilities and you're trying to you know shirk something that you should be doing. Whereas when you see yourself pursuing a passion, when you see yourself doing things that you really enjoy doing. You know, that's not escapism, that's living life. That, that's really enjoying life to its fullest. And, and hopefully, too, as you do that, that's where some of the most intimate moments with your family and friends come into play, that you really get to know each other and appreciate each other and really get to enjoy, you know, enjoy those special few moments in life that you can really have together like that. Because so many times we get wrapped up in our jobs and our work, and even sailing, I know you can have, you probably have plenty of moments that are, treacherous and tedious or maybe just downright boring you know sailing is uh, can be very you know can be boring Sally yeah, you can you can just be going along bored out of your mind and then some thunderstorm blows in and the waves build up the next thing you know you're scrambling around thinking what am I doing here <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah, and it's like that with anything, and I, and I guess it's it's all in balance. Now, now, how often do you do you get out, Dave? How often do you sail? I probably uh, um, live on the boat two and a half, three months of the year right now. Mm -hmm. About you know we've been uh, doing the Great American Loop uh, in the summers. We spent the last uh, two years doing the, uh, the Great American Loop, and before that we spent uh, six summers cruising uh, the Bahama Islands and, um, you know, just exploring. Yeah, yeah. Any idea how big the fleet is out there? How many, how many sailors like you are actually, like, just cruising the, 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 the seas worldwide at any given time? These are not, like, merchant marines. These are, like, pleasure sailors. And, people that are just like on a mission to sort of, as you say, do the Caribbean or the Bahamas or sail 
you know, sail across the Atlantic. There's got to be thousands of these people zigzagging all over the place. Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of boats will just, people will buy a boat and they'll, they always want to have a boat. So they get a boat and, and it spends most of its life tied up to a dock someplace. And it's not really, they're not really doing anything with the boat. Or maybe they'll take it out, you know, uh, once every six weeks, you know, in the summertime for, uh, you know, a club r sailboat race or something. And, but most of these boats don't really get used a whole lot. And so um, I always look at my boat like it's a floating condominium. You know I mean? I want to move it around. I want to I want to be on it and do things with it. I don't want it to just sit someplace and, uh, and, not, and not be used. Well, let me ask you a question. You, you talk about dreams and goals and destiny. Now, you've got a son who's a junior in high school. He's going to graduate. Uh, in 2011, and then um, um, then he's going to go off to college. Now, do you see yourself um, spending more time on the boat going forward? Do you see yourself say, "I'm going to spend two years, you know, traversing the world or exploring the Americas"? I mean, you know, what what's I guess in your vision right now as far as your destiny is concerned? What do you see yourself doing, say, in the next five to ten years on with this boat? Well, you know, I'd like to. Um once Jeremy gets out of school here in another year and a half, work about three months on and then go sail the boat for three months and then uh, leave it someplace and come back and work for a few months and then go back to the boat. And I don't think I want to like totally quit working or totally move on to the boat 100% of the time, but I think I want to sail the boat around the world and I want to do it in, in three uh, month sections, segments. Well, you know, I think this is really a good example of having, you know, having a dream, a vision, and then and then making all the decisions over a lifetime that that move in that direction. You know, buying a boat, learning to sail, positioning your personal and your professional life in such a way that allows the opportunity to pursue these passions. Okay, because that you know, you can, it's one thing to have this metaphysical passion. It says, here's something I'd like to do. It's another thing then to move that into the physical reality and actually do it. And most people don't actually take their dreams and move them out of that metaphysical. It's always an idea, a dream or something. And they don't start taking those little steps along the way to make it a reality. And then they, they end up one day and they're 60 years old and they haven't done any of this sort of thing. And they start thinking, golly, you know. What am I going to do? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I make that decision? And that really is regret and remorse. And you know, there's an old saying, I can't even remember who said it, that uh, I think it was Mark Twain, when we look back at our life, you know, we look back at the regrets more than the things we actually did. And so I think as, as you look into your well, as you look into your life, look down and say, what is actually going on in my life that I can actually say, um, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to do it, and move forward with it. And, and I know from personal experience, Dave has positioned, again, his personal life, his professional life, everything in the past 35, 40 years to lead to this moment in time. So we're not only we're sitting here in St. Augustine, Florida, talking about this, but he's currently making those plans, making those uh, desires to make this destiny a reality. So we covered a lot of territory today, Dave. We started talking about doggy do and what doggy do and don't do on the deck. And then we started talking about destiny and, and how, do you, how do you move it from the idea state into the physical state. 
Any last thoughts here? We're just about ready to wrap this thing up. No, you know, uh, chasing your dreams and making them become realities. It's a challenge. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a topic for another program is how do you differentiate between what's a dream and what's a fantasy? You know, because that, a lot of people struggle with that, especially young people. They'll say, I really don't know what I want to do with my life. I know what I don't want to do. So then they end up running their life by default, by pursuing things they really don't want. It's kind of like going into the cafeteria, and the cafeteria lady says, uh, okay, what do you want? And you stand there and you point and you say, I don't want that, I don't want that, and I don't want that, and I don't want that. And finally she takes that wooden spoon and smacks you with it and says, wouldn't life be easier if you just told me what you wanted? And that's what it all comes down to. Give some thought about what you want to do in life, have the courage to pursue it, Try, fail, try, fail, 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 try, 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 and just keep going forward with your dreams and your passion. Okay, well, uh, until next time, uh, this is Chuck signing off. And remember, whatever's in your well comes up in your bucket. And remember, life is good. Enjoy your day in paradise.